0: Welcome to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR 89.9 FM, your local voice. Today on the show, I have the privilege of welcoming Greg Grosnick and Carrie Yaturi. Carrie is the Development Director at Family Promise, and Greg is the Executive Director. Greg, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So... Before we dive in, I, I talk a lot about what I've seen emerging in uh, the last, let's say, ten years in the United States. That I've termed a culture of contempt, and what I mean by that is that folks take just a little snippet about somebody, their viewpoint on a, on a certain controversial issue, or you know, their their set of beliefs on on one topic or another, and they brought they draw these broad conclusions that this is who this person is, this is their values, right? And I think it's really led to a lot of the vitriol we see in our society. The little bit that I can do here on Great Falls Public Radio to kind of push back against that is I want to understand every guest that I have, you know, what are some of their experiences in life that formed their values that have led them to become the person they are. And my hope is then that as we interact together in, in our community, we may say, hey, you know, I, I disagree with Greg about this, or I disagree with Carrie about this. but you know, I've heard about her life and her values, and I know, right, that this is a wonderful, compassionate, caring person that I have a disagreement with. And so, just to kind of set that up, what I want to ask you guys both, and Carrie, I'll start with you, is could you just tell our listeners, you know, a couple seminal experiences you had in in childhood or or, or, or early adulthood that instilled a set of values in there that kind of sets you on this path to who you are today and your role as Development Director of Family Promise?
1: Yes, I thank you for that question. And I'm really great you asked that because I was raised here in Great Falls and third generation business owner before I retired. And I was raised in a family where if you're going to complain about something, you better be willing to get in there and either help change, improve, or make a difference. And so my parents were very active in the community, as well as being business owners, and I followed in their footsteps. Since retiring, though, it's been very nice to be able to live Christ's message in the sense of saying, yeah, I could retire, but I'd rather continue to live my faith and help those that are poor and vulnerable. And I feel very grateful that I have that opportunity to do that at Family Promise.
0: Absolutely. And do you have a couple stories from growing up, you know, you say, you know, parents very involved in the community of things that you saw, right, that they did that, that kind of, whoa, like this, <laughs> this is meaningful, right? This is who I want to be.
1: Well, yes. We delivered food baskets through St. Vincent de Paul as a family. And we did that as a family. And we did it almost on a weekly basis, sometimes on an emergency basis. My parents never wanted to do those alone. And as a child, we did that because maybe both parents couldn't go. So they brought the kids along. And I went to Hill 57. We we just went everywhere and learned that you don't need to be scared. You just need to appreciate what you have and make sure that you can always, always help somebody.
0: And so someone that's starting out, right, and, and they're thinking, you know, what, what do I need to kind of do if I, if I want to be somebody that's making an impact in their in their community like you and, and Greg have for a long time? What do you kind of recommend to them of, of what are some things they can do now to kind of get a start on that?
1: Well, just raise your hand. Say, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll help. And, and maybe you might not know or feel comfortable right away, but I can guarantee there's, there's always an organization here in town that could use your help.
0: I love it. I always tell people the, if you get involved in the community, you're going to feel a lot better about it. <laughs> if you sit on the couch and watch the news, you're going to feel bad about most everything in the world and your life. So, uh, And it also gets the the benefit, right? You're going to meet a lot of amazing people. Exactly. And so thank you very much, Carrie. And and Greg, you know, just a little bit, uh, I also want you know your background. I know you you served our country honorably for many years. And and just let our listeners know kind of, you know, childhood and and then what your service uh, in the military, kind of how it all led to where you are today as the executive director of Family Promise. Right. Um, Well, I would say my
2: my family um, life, you know, when I was younger was – just very important to me. And uh, so my dad served in the military, my grandfather served in the military. So that that sense of what I learned to call service um, during my service um, was just really important to me. And so obviously, I saw that a lot with my dad. And then my mom worked at the hospital too. So she was also, um, you know, just, again, she she lived that life of service to, you know, to help others. So I don't think that I really, thought about any of those things um especially when I was younger but I noticed that as I progressed through the military that um I had wonderful opportunities to become kind of a trainer and a teacher and I really Mm -hmm. I found that I really enjoyed that you know really working with people and then about the last seven or eight years while I was um in the military really I took care of airmen you know I took care of airmen and their families I got opportunities to mentor them and to uh teach them, you know, uh, right, kind of right and wrong in the military and, you know, different ways for them to progress through their career and to be, uh, important and, uh, you know, be, be those become leaders and become a piece of that puzzle, uh, for, for the betterment of, you know, whatever squadron or whatever group you were in kind of, um, so I, I kind of learned all those things as I went through the military and I realized that how important that was for me. Then when I looked at retirement, um, That was pretty scary actually i I didn't know what i wanted to do when i grew up um but i i was very uh, lucky to have an opportunity to uh, go through leadership great falls as part of the military so i distinctly remember sitting on the very first day down in the davidson building when the nonprofit folks came in and again like carrie um, all except for my first year i i have lived in great falls and so i i'll be honest i would be one of the first people that would complain (laughs) you know about great falls i i feel i'm i know i'm not right but i feel like i know all the good things and i know all the bad things and you know when you live somewhere for a while you're gonna you're gonna think that you know all that stuff um but i remember sitting there that morning thinking you know one day maybe i should get a job uh, you know like at the food bank or something like that and be a part of making great falls better instead of complaining about it all the time mm-hmm. you know so i just it was very poignant for me you know that day when i kind of realized that and so when i got the opportunity to do it and i i didn't see it obviously it was uh, mm-hmm. other folks that had uh, kind of asked me to uh maybe take a look at working with carrie and went down for and volunteered with her for two or three days and mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember her on the last day saying, well, it's nice to have worked with you. You'll probably never come back again now.
1: <laughs> it was but, uh, a very challenging three days, yeah, wasn't it? It was. it was.
2: And little did you know. <laughs> little yeah. did I know. Yeah. So it just, uh, it gave me an opportunity to, um, working at Family Promise has given me an opportunity to really uh, use a lot of the skills, organizational skills and, and uh, you know, those kinds of things that I learned in the military. But also, continue kind of with that mentorship and that being able to work with people and trying to help them figure figure life out and give them a you know a little bit of the wisdom that I've kind of learned in my time here, um, and obviously, like
0: I said, uh, make Great Falls a better place. So. Absolutely, and so that's a great segue. And I'll leave this to you know to either of you guys to tell us a little bit about the history of Family Promise of Great Falls.
1: Well, it they organized in 2014 and started housing families in churches, area churches, that had agreed to provide shelter, and they rotated the families between the churches every week. It was a great model that the national organization encouraged organizations to do, because by getting churches involved, church people could live their faith by helping the homeless families. And then COVID came along in 2020, and most of the churches were not operational. So they—they uh, they actually the organization in Great Falls went into hiatus because they just weren't quite sure how to house or do any of the homeless issues or homeless uh, programs that they were providing. So uh, I was approached in end of 19, first part of, or end of 20, excuse me, first part of 21 to get the organization up and running and said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I really had no idea how to get it going, but I reached out and you you could not believe all the stakeholders that had helped in the past came to a meeting. Some of them were on Zoom and they said, yes, we need to get this organization going. And and many of them helped me i and i was just me all by myself opened up the office door and we had three board members and they helped pitched in tremendously and we got it going
0: and i just love how it is that example right of be the change you want to see in the world like those values you said from your Mm -hmm. your family right that if if you want to complain get you know then pull up your sleeves and get to work Mm -hmm. and and so I want to step back just one second on the on the overall mission because Family Promise, I, I love these models, right? As a national organization that then has affiliates, with Great Falls being one of them. And what is the overall mission of Family Promise?
2: Uh, well, the the mission statement, I guess, is to end childhood homelessness, one family at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. Really, so. And I love it because that's the only way you can do it, right? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So. And so you, you kind of come back together, mm-hmm. you know, after the pandemic, and it's, and it's been hard with the rotational model. Mm-hmm. So where do you kind of get started in moving from the rotation model to, to the current model, which is more, you know, you have your, your actual shelters, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> so when Kerry started, uh, that was part of their challenge was figuring out how they wanted to do that. So they um, did a lot of searching and were able to find uh, a couple, a small duplex, basically a couple small apartments here in town. And so that was going to be our start. And uh, actually, so of the approximately 200 affiliates across the country, there are still only about 24% of them that still do that rotational model. And I, so COVID really did take take mm-hmm. a hit on everybody, but they have all found ways to Continue the mission. So, I mean, in Great Falls, we have our small two shelters. Um, Other places have all different kinds of buildings or more shelters. Or you know, it's very it's very uh, flexible and family. It's one of the good things about family promises. Uh, They they give you a lot of latitude to figure out how to do the mission. You know how how to take care of folks. So, in Great Falls, again, we have those two shelters. Um, So we work very closely with those two families, and that is you know the the shelters. Are really meant to give people a place to give homeless families a place to kind of decompress for a little bit Um, it took me a little bit to go from military trauma to civilian trauma but uh, they're really if you can put yourself in in their shoes for a little bit you know and you've got kiddos and a spouse or you know whatever you're doing and you you have no home you know there there is nowhere for you to go you might not even have a car that that's a scary place to be that's a really scary place to be so when they first get into the shelters they're not uh you know they're they're not going to be looking for a job right away we're not going to be looking to get a car or any of those kinds of things it's we need to do a little decompression and realize that you're somewhere that's safe and warm where you can be together with your family and keep everybody together and then after that we just kind of take baby steps and every single family is different every one of them is different. They all need different things. So that's, that's just a process of us getting to know them and getting to
0: know what it is that they need. And, and I do want to, you know, we use the term shelter, but these are, are, are very much so homes, right? I mm-hmm. think is the, the, mm-hmm. so can you just tell our listeners, you know, physically, you know, are, are these duplexes or, or what is it the, that they're being housed in?
2: There, it's two small apartments basically, so mm-hmm. they're they're connected. So we call them a duplex, but
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: you know, and they're they are pretty small. It's uh, hard to fit probably more than four in there, uh, but, but it, bigger again, than a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, well, and has and a little kitchen, kitchen and everything. Nice so, bathroom. And, yeah. yeah, you've got all of those pieces, and it's a great it's a great first step to get us back yes. to where we want to be, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of our goal mm-hmm. going forward. Is, um, you know it doesn't matter if we get just one or two more shelters that's one or two more families you know that we can help serve you know throughout the year and then you add them up and uh, it's important we're never going to have enough you know we're never we're going to never have enough to say all the homeless folks are you know in a safe warm place but you know that it's what we're out here to do and if we can help one two three four more families then that's what we want to do a-
0: absolutely.
1: We also try to help families before they p- become homeless. Mm-hmm. That's our eviction prevention. And when we first got back and going in 21, we that's a lot of what we did. And we still continue to do that. And then once we've helped them, we try to keep them from going back into homelessness, too, with our stabilization program. Mm-hmm. So th- those two things, that, not everybody needs emergency shelter.
0: Absolutely. I was talking to, to Greg before we were on air, and I think one of the most important and powerful things about the family promise model, right, is it is not just putting a Band-Aid on it. I think we as a society focus so much on that crisis, right? And, and so in that, you know, you can't help someone until you, you know, are able to meet their immediate needs, right? But then I think where we really struggle as, as a, a community and as a society – is making sure that we support folks that we have gotten shelter, right, that have, you know, a, a stability enough to start working on themselves and then to stick with them to make sure that they don't, you know, lose their home later on because they haven't addressed their trauma or they haven't gotten employment, and then we see them cycle back. Because in the work that I do around substance abuse, I always say people don't have a problem getting sober they struggle to live sober. And I think that that's very relevant to the, the problem that we see around you know, homelessness is that a lot of this is cyclical. And, and so tell me the full spectrum of services that Family Promise provides in Great Falls. And
2: well, like I said, I, I kind of look at it as a timeline. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can start with emergency services right off the bat to a, a family that maybe walks up to the door and they're no kidding; they have nowhere to go. Um, we do get a lot of referrals too from Great Falls Public Schools and other agencies. So, that's that's kind of the start of that piece. Um, and then we move into a little bit more of uh, what can we do to what can we do to get them in a safe, warm place right now. And and honestly, that might not always mean. Something that we can do for them—it's part of being tied into that network of all the wonderful agencies that Great Falls has. Because it's important to know who to call. Somebody else might be able to do something a little bit better than you can, or you know, we'll be honest—not everybody has funding all the time for different programs. So, um, so we go to there, and then we've kind of got a middle part which uh, we we'll get families possibly into one of our shelters, or we will divert them to some other kind of shelter. So we might send them to the rescue mission, or we might uh, work with another agency to, to find them some other kind of temporary housing. And, uh, and then we keep moving forward from there, you know, along the, along the line to try and get them into stable housing of some kind which is obviously a huge challenge right now not not just in great falls but everywhere across the country but and once we get them into that housing i i like this term that carrie uses we want to provide guardrails because we do not want those folks to end up back at our front door again um and and don't get me wrong not not every single family has a story and they are all completely different so i i wouldn't and ever want anyone to think that, uh, you know, like every family that walks up to the front door doesn't have life skills to, you know, get into an apartment and to get a job and do all those things. They all find themselves there in a different way. But we do want to provide those kinds of things once we do get them into, you know, their own, stable housing and that again is just it's part of that taking time to get that to know that family what is it that they need what what are the things that they're maybe missing a little bit what can you what kind of peer support can you provide them to help keep them you know in that upward trend and then check back with them too you know we want to make sure a year a year and a half two years down the road that they're still they're still good. And we want them to know that they can always come back. You know, every every single one of us has hiccups in life and you can't always do things all by yourself. Um, one of the best uh, sayings from our regional director mm-hmm. is that uh, people don't run out of money, they run out of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is I, that was just, has always been really strong to me. So we want to be those people. We want to make sure that they've always got us to come back to. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And something that I want to touch on, because I I think it's there is a a drop in center, right, where folks can come in. And and so it may not be that I need, you know, like I'm on the street. Right. It -hmm. it may be that I've got some real Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Food, clothing, you know, other things. And you guys are have a a location in a church. Right. Mm -hmm. We do. That provides that. So tell me a little bit about those services.
2: Um, We do. uh, You know, so. Carrie's point about uh, working with the churches—really, our big—the um, big thing that the churches do for us now is in-kind donations. That's that's really, mm-hmm. um, I, I would say, nearly all of the in-kind donations that we get, and all of that, everything that we get in, that all just goes right back out to our families. Mm-hmm. So that could be—I I mean, if you think about going grocery shopping and you're getting cleaning supplies or food or, <clears throat> excuse me, any of those kinds of things, they're all expensive. Um, so again, you, and you look at all the pieces of the puzzle, you got a family and they're at the end of the month and it's either I pay rent or I go get groceries kind of thing that doesn't always, you know, equal out very well. Obviously we want them to pay rent. We have some of those things and those are all, all donated uh, very much so by congregations. So we really do work with them Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and then congregations also provide volunteers for us too, which help us in the office and, uh, help us with our families in the shelters go grocery shopping and different things like that. So, wonderful opportunities and and that's really where the congregations help us out
1: a ton. And so we keep all those supplies at our day center and our day center also has laundry and shower services for again, they have to have children. They can't just, you know, pop in for a, sh- you know, shower, but th- we do as long as they've got their family in need and need showers and laundry. All the folks that stay at our shelter use our laundry services, of course, because they don't have laundry at their places. Mm -hmm. So it's it's nice, especially in the summertime when it's really hot and you've got folks that are kind of being migratory, they can come and be in our nice day center, get a meal and Wi-Fi service and look for jobs, look for housing.
0: Where is the day center located?
2: It's located in uh, the... The alley side of a uh, central christian church at uh, 1019 central avenue
0: yeah as i was gonna say it's in a great location it to is. be able yep. to help folks
2: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and so you've got laundry showers mm-hmm. food and can they also come there and and kind of get help with like care coordination and such absolutely yeah if they're like i said that's a huge
2: other part of what we do our case manager uh maggie uh, does a lot of referral stuff she has worked in this line of work for a long time she's got well over 15 years experience and so when when folks need things and they just aren't really sure where that next step to go is i i know that i think every every agency in town kind of has this person but we definitely have a good one down there as well our, in our family advocate so um you know if like i said if people don't know exactly how to get what they're looking for mm-hmm. um if we can't provide it, we know where to find it. And if we don't know where to find it, we're going to help you find out.
0: And I want to give our listeners an idea of the scale, right? Of, so how many folks are you serving at at the day center?
2: Well, let's see. So last year, um, and again, so these are, these are services of all different kinds. So it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily physical bodies in, in the day center, but uh, last year we did about 60 or around 60 and Mm -hmm. about 120 children. And Mm -hmm. we're, Easily past three times that many this year,
0: on the mm-hmm. way to probably four times that many.
1: Wow.
0: At, at this it's point really in time, really
1: exponentially increased.
0: Yes. Wow. So we're talking well north of two hundred. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I I think our listeners, that's incredible, mm-hmm. yep. right? Because yep. if you think of that that little help, right, whatever it is, yep. can be a catalyst for you know either they were going to go up and maintain stability. Right. Or if they didn't have that intervention, you can see that turn into I lose my house. Then I have a mental breakdown and I'm going to the emergency room. Right. Then I'm going to uh, an inpatient hospital. Right. I think people Mm -hmm. need to understand how important it is to have these services that are available all the time and that you don't need to have the crisis. Right. Right. It's the classic. A lot of what we do is you know we we have the fire insurance for once the house burns down mm-hmm. and and i love that family promise recognizes that yes we want to meet people in crisis and and stabilize them and then keep them on a, on an upward trajectory mm-hmm. but let's also work with folks you know that haven't had that crisis so that we don't see them coming in in crisis a few months down the road definitely yeah that's that's one of the things that we try and say to a lot of folks come in is
2: um you know we might help with uh, help with whatever issue it is when they first come in and i always try and tell them don't don't let the next thing become a crisis you know it, it we're here we're here to help if you have something and it's you're you're concerned about the end of the month for whatever it might be um come in and at least ask the question first don't let it get to be i got to have this tomorrow because it's really difficult to help that. you know it's really hard to fix a problem by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. but if you can give us a heads up and we can work through that whatever issue that is with you and get you to possibly another
0: agency or we can help, we give us some time to do that. And I always want to talk about funding because I think this is pretty uh, impressive. So your funding is is not coming from the government, correct yeah. it? This is from, the, you know, private donations from from foundations, from mm-hmm. churches, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, That's correct. 100 percent, right?
0: 100 yeah. yep. percent. Yeah. And so I, we, this is pulling on some threads Greg and I were talking about before is that I, I do hope our listeners understand that, that these are the really uh, – if you don't have this but for this, right, you're going to have a lot of folks that are going to be going and getting their – you know, needs met in jail. They're gonna be going, getting them at the ER, in the hospital. That's not where we want to be meeting the needs of the folks in our community that are struggling. And and Family Promise is very innovative. That they're they're stepping out, right, and saying, we're gonna do things differently. We're not doing the status quo. We wanna give people that long term support that's gonna allow them to really prosper and to fundamentally shift their life. And, and what I, I try to, to get across to folks to understand is if you want innovation, if you want to see things done differently, you have to fund the things that are outside of the system. If if you're okay with the status quo system, right, you're going to keep getting what we've gotten. The reason the system continues to exist is there's a funding mechanism for it, right? Generally, that's going to be federal and state, some local funding, right? Whether it's Medicaid, right? There's a whole panoply. But if you want to see something different, you want to really invest in, in, in Great Falls, seeing our, our folks that are struggling change, you got to invest in, in the family promises of the world, right? And so the other thing that comes along with it that I think is a, is a huge one for folks to understand is volunteerism. You go to a lot of these big agencies, right? Volunteers are a headache, right? They take a lot of time to get them together why not just bill it right and so when you're outside of the system you know you're not billing anything everything's a you know you need that help and so the volunteerism is such a benefit not just for those who serve right but those who are served and most importantly it creates this community feeling of giving and i want you guys to talk about how volunteers have impacted those that you serve at Family Promise, and what kind of roles there are for volunteers uh, at Family Promise.
2: Sure. Well, I'll give kudos to our our two main volunteers that have kind of rode out the storm with us and everything. Um, They uh, So when I first started, uh, we were still kind of running off of a a model for the shelters to receive meals. That was one thing that the... um, the congregations did is they made meals for the families every night and then they had volunteers that would go stay with them every night so it was a wonderful opportunity for them to to be in a family atmosphere uh it's one of the things that i you know is really important to me like we were talking earlier i would love to be able to bring some of that back somehow but these two volunteers in particular we kind of we i could see this coming It, it just wasn't sustainable um trying to continue to find folks that wanted to make meals and then don't forget you know these two families they have kiddos and so they have jobs and they have all these other things it's hard to meet at X time on X day you know always it, I could just see that that was not going to be sustainable mm-hmm. so I went to those two volunteers and I said how how can we make this better how can we um, you know I I don't want to lose you two and I don't I don't want to not continue to help our families so um, it was completely their idea to um, go to one of the local food banks and see if it was a possibility that we could do uh, some grocery shopping there kind of so that way which is kind of something that we want to do with family promise anyway that's mm-hmm. i know Carrie likes to say we want to offer a, a hand up. up not a hand out so Taking folks to go grocery shopping, that's that's a great lesson. It's a great opportunity for them to go and kind of um, use meals. these too, plan some meals and, and grab the things that they need. So they made contact with the food bank and they went ahead and set that up so that uh, on Tuesdays they have the, um, they the parents. They go
1: to the St. Vincent de Paul yeah, food bank.
2: They go over to the food bank and they do the grocery shopping. So that's that's one example of how how amazing, um, you know, and, and definitely we, we couldn't do that in the office without them. We couldn't, and
1: have it shows the collaboration. So St. Vincent de Paul is the one that said, "Yes, you bring your families here; they provide all the food, and it's a great partnership."
0: Right, and you see that. I w- It's the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? Mm-hmm. And there are so many groups doing great work, and and I, I think what my call is, and I think Family Promise is, is, is be that next person, right? be that person that comes over and, you know, I'm sure you guys are reaching out to Greg, reach out to to Carrie, and says, I want to, I want to, what else do you need, right? I'll be the person that does the next food bank, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of collaboration. And so where, where are there some areas just if people are, you know, thinking, you know what, maybe it's my time where you guys could see some, uh, some needs with volunteers? Sure. Um, Well, and that's, You were, you did definitely
2: hit on it when you were talking about volunteers, Uh, managing volunteers takes some time. So, I mean, that would be one wonderful thing is a volunteer to help manage some of the volunteers because... (laughs) the most important thing to me is I don't want to waste their time. If they are showing the passion and they're taking their time to come and be with us, then I want to make sure that we have meaningful things for them to do. So obviously, you know, we've always got office stuff, you know, to do. We've got, uh, important office stuff too, like thank yous. Thank yous are very, very critical for us because every donor that we get is, is came from a person, you know, or a business. So, I want them to get a personal thank you from us. So that's, that's huge. And it takes time. It takes time and effort to do that. So, um, you know, that's one of the things we, uh, we talked about our, our peacock story earlier about, uh, how each, each nonprofit is kind of a, like a peacock and all of, all of the services that you provide are a feather. Well, at the end of the year, when you're looking to find other, write for grants or look for donations and those kinds of things, obviously you want to have the most feathers. So in order to do that, it's important to collect data. It's important to uh, catalog all the in-kind donations that come and keep track of that information. It's important to track how many services you do and what kind of services you do. Not only uh, you know for the monetary part but to help guide wh- where your programs are going to because you want to do you want to be helping the community in the best way that you can so there are a lot of different opportunities there then obviously we have two shelters that kind of help take care of too so when we have um families that move out the shelters need to be cleaned you know for the next family that comes in there and there oh, are oh and we
1: need help moving yeah too. little yeah, little minor maintenance things
2: and you know yeah. moving furniture in and out we do get a lot of furniture donations too i Um, Great Falls is an amazing place and it just, it's, it truly is amazing that, uh, when, when we find ourselves in need, (laughs) I usually get a phone call. It's a pretty amazing Mm -hmm. place. So, but yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot of time and effort to, to get all that stuff done. So we, we can always, um, use the extra help and, and it's important for me to, you know, sit down one-on-one with those volunteers and find out what, what, what piece of that, you know, they, they want to be involved in. So
1: we have several committees too that are there people that are not necessarily on the board are on these committees and they help so much communication and outreach committee that helps us write our monthly newsletters and our annual appeals and that's just so important helps with our website all that is really critical and we we rely on those volunteers to help us right we have a finance and governance committee that helps us write our policies which again are critical and and need to be looked at on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and then we have a fundraising and grants management and i rely on those folks to help me just review the grants that i'm writing because sometimes you do you get tunnel vision and it's like well, you didn't really answer this question I'm like oh thank you you're right i didn't and so that's so helpful and mm-hmm. then we also are always looking for board members mm-hmm. because we've, we've got a good good sized board but we could always use a couple more
2: right right and it's it's maybe not as beneficial to you know family promise in general but uh, it's just one thing that i wanted to make sure and say is you know for the folks that are listening, um, you know, if, if you're if this sounds like something interesting, if you're if you think you might want to be on a committee, just challenge yourself. Just put your hand up and go try, you know, somewhere. It doesn't have to be with family promise. Just find out what it is find out what it is in your life that you that is meaningful to you. It it could be something completely different, but I guarantee you there is either a nonprofit or a business or something along those lines that could use your use your input and use your expertise. Don't don't think that you don't have
0: anything to offer. Absolutely, and I do my one is always to say, just give it a try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to say, okay, well now you came and uh, we'll be seeing you you know weekly for the next fifteen years, right? It's right. it's thank you. You know, mm-hmm. is, is this something you're interested? In? Do you enjoy this? You know, and it, so that. I think there's a lot of people that get kind of commitment shy, right? Mm -hmm. And they figure if I go do it, then I'm like kind of pot committed. And I've always said I've never, you know, had any experience where people aren't anything but just grateful. And you know, do you want to come back? And and where's a good fit for you? So my, you know, whether yeah, family promise or just get there, do it. Yeah. But family promise is a great one to do it. It's a good place to start. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And so I, I want to then kind of go into the future, right? So you guys have really, I mean, that's unbelievable, right? You've almost quadrupled the number of people you're serving over the last year. Where, you know, you're kind of started off now lightning speed out of the pandemic. And, and where do you see Family Promise going over the next couple of years?
1: There's always going to be homeless. That's, that's just the reality. Yeah. The reason why it's been, I think, more challenging for more families is we, we know that rental prices have increased. And it's just for a single wage earner, it's really hard to afford an apartment. And it's really hard to find an apartment. So uh, I, unfortunately, there is always going to be need for something, an organization like us. So we do know we need to probably increase our shelter size and probably increase our services. Mm. But we want to make sure we do it well. When we say one family at a time, to to end the homelessness for one family at a time requires a lot of attention. And we want to make sure that we don't dilute that. And so I think that's probably our biggest focus, that we want to serve the needs but we don't want to dilute right.
0: that. And I love that I, I I can't just thank you enough for taking that approach um, We've I've said this uh, a lot right is that people need to understand that some of the kind of fly by night doing the bare minimum they have a, a almost competitive advantage because they just rack up these big flashy numbers right typically on some form of output right that says nothing about the outcome. And I think it's important for listeners to understand an output is I served a meal, right? I had somebody stay here for the night, right? Outputs are essential to getting positive outcomes. Yes. But there, there is not a direct linear connection. And I can say that spending a night, you know, or uh, a few months at a family promise, you know, apartment, right? Where you're getting, Tons of services that don't show up in a spreadsheet is what I'm trying to say. That they're getting this wraparound care that's going to lead to these long-term outcomes, which is what we all want, right? Which is people that are getting meaningful employment, folks that are healing their families, right? That their kids are th- are thriving in school. That that's what Family Promise will deliver, and that costs a lot of resources right there's a lot of resources that go into doing that right and i think that there's a lot of focus on you know let's just let's do it right let's get out there and just and it's not going to work and so i I think also our listeners should understand that difference between outputs and outcomes and that if you want to just get one-off services right you're going to get one-off services you're going to not fundamentally shift the need, right? That It's that classic, you know, or do you give a man a a fish, right? He'll eat for a day, give him a fishing pole. He's going to, you know, eat for a lifetime, right? And I think that people just need to be cognizant of that, that you invest in a family promise, you're investing in a long-term solution, not just an output, right? Not just something getting that day, right? Or the next, you know, it's far more than that. And so I do want you to then – do you have like a story to kind of let our listeners really kind of visualize, you know, what what a, a person's journey can look like from coming into Family Promise to, to further down the path, so to speak?
2: Sure. Um, I got to start with this little piece beforehand. If you would have asked me before I started um, – who, who are the families that are going to show up at our door um i i I probably would have had in my mind you know uh, a certain makeup of family and uh i i couldn't have been more wrong when i say that every family has its own unique story that that is the God's honest truth that really is um, so I find that these, you know, there you're going to people. People are going to have thoughts in their own minds about uh, families that are homeless. But here, I always like this example a little bit more. When you have a family that a month ago was a mom and dad and three kids, and everything was fine, and they were getting groceries and making the car payment and doing all those kinds of things, and please don't. This isn't the situation all the time i'm just going to use this for this one but you know you get mom or dad and they decide you know what i don't really want to be mom or dad anymore i'm going to go do something different you have now a family uh you know a parent and three kiddos and they are entering into a world where they have no idea what the rules are they have they have no idea that's nothing that they've ever dealt with before they've never had to go get snapped they've never had to go find uh out if they're eligible for section eight They've never had to, you know, deal with uh, student services at, at the schools because uh, they can't get kids to school or different things like that. I mean, that that's you know, we have seen that now we've we were very blessed. Uh, you know, the one family that I'm thinking of, we, we did get them into housing and that that was awesome. That's that's always where, you know, our outcome is going. But when I when I say you have to take each family and listen to their story, that really is true. Yeah, I mean, I can give you that one example, but there are so many different ways that folks can end up there, and I would really be remiss too. I I want to make sure that uh, the kids. I mean, because we get so caught up yes. in talking about, we we deal with the adults, we deal with mom and dad all the time. Okay, this this really is about the kids. I mean, that's that's the first thing when you walk through the door is you have to have kiddos that are you know age 18 or under, um, because that that's the piece that's missing. Okay, Great Falls is. I would say pretty savvy now on homelessness. We've had some experiences. We had the camp downtown, we had all those things. You're kind of living under a rock if you're if you haven't heard about it at all, okay? But what I want you to think of, what we're looking to to point out is that whenever you drive downtown and you see me with my big beard and my, you know, fatigue coat on and everything, there's probably two kids out there that are the same way but they're not in there. They're couch surfing. Or they're split up among other families, or they're in a car or a tent or something along those lines. I want you to everybody knows how hard high school was. Put yourself back in high school or junior high, not only when you don't know where you're gonna eat that night, but you don't even know where you're gonna sleep. How do you how do you get on the basketball team? How do you have good grades? How do you, you know, keep up with your friends and everything when when that's life, you know? And you didn't do anything wrong to to end up there that that's just where circumstances found you that is the important part excuse me about family promise that i that i want people to understand is that invisible crisis okay there are so many homeless kiddos you know in great falls right now i think i can use this number that it this came right from uh, great falls public schools 260 260 homeless kids in the great falls public school system as of november 14th 2023 so that's just school age kids.
0: And what I always say, so that they, they do this annual count, right? That is the number of uh children youth that have reported being homeless since the beginning of this school of the year. School year, yes, yes, thank you. So this is since August. Yes. They've their their yearly counts, right, have been five hundred, six hundred last year
2: was over five hundred kids. Yes.
0: And so I think that's a really important uh, to understand the magnitude of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that it, it is an invisible. Like I think so much of us, so many of us, myself included, when you came into this work, right. You think of someone that would be living on the streets right. and that is what you consider homeless. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of these folks, right. Are it's staying in a, in a hotel, right. Then they're staying at the you know mom's boyfriend, then they're on there at the couch. Right. Then, you know, maybe they got to spend a night in the park. Right. That what is f- like the most important thing I think to understand is that insecurity. Yes. And, and so if you got, if anyone knows, you know, kind of the basic psychology stuff, right. You got Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, if someone doesn't have food shelter and a secure place, Nothing is happening, right? In right. terms of, to your point, you're not going to be able to be on the basketball team, right? Right? You're not going to be able to pay attention in class when you've slept for two hours, mm-hmm. right? You didn't get anything to eat. Mm-hmm. And so this, this is really a, a – I say it's a crisis of instability. It's a crisis of our our kind of foundation, mm-hmm. right, that we've relied on as sort of like the building blocks of society – is is not holding together in every case. And that's what makes it so difficult, right? Is that I think everyone says, you know, well, we'll we'll turn to the family, right? Well, Mm -hmm. in many cases, that's not in in existence in the same form, right? Right. There's always, now there's extended, you know, you got grandma, you got people there in the network, but it's needing a place like Family Promise that's going to kind of bring these strands together and let them all kind of coalesce and, and form, uh, reform again to some extent. Right, right. And so I now want to broaden it out because I think this is a great one of what we do as a community around uh, homelessness writ large. So something that I want to give, you know, both of you guys kudos for is is it's not just that you've been engaged in Family Promise, you've been engaged at the community level discussions. And so, tell me a little bit about what community-wide efforts are underway to to support folks that you know are, are homeless.
2: Um, well, I I mean, we can talk about the bats building a little bit. I mean, that that mm-hmm. really it's a huge step forward mm-hmm. for. The city of Great Falls, and so if you're not familiar with that, that's a, a NeighborWorks project that is refurbishing a building downtown that'll have uh, about 25 ish apartments, and and it's not meant to be emergency or anything like that. This is a place can for you, people can, to live,
1: supportive housing,
2: and and get support. Yeah. So down on the first floor are going to be support services that these people need to help get through get through life, you know, and and to improve, um, and they're not gonna. It, there's no time limit. They, that, these are places for them to live, and it's a it's a wonderful first step for the city of Great Falls because we've got other agencies. You know, the YWCA is looking for that. We're looking for that. Indian Family Health Clinic is looking for that. So it's you know they're they're kind of breaking that code on on how to uh, find a place like that and make that work because this that's just the first step. That that's the very first step for Great Falls is to be able to offer something like that. But we just need more. Yeah, you know, that's it's really what and, comes down and to.
1: And what we are working with, uh, the public schools and hopefully the universities here in town, is to have an event in the spring, again to build awareness, but also to bring people together to say, how can we as a community address this issue? And we we do want to have the students involved because that's their their contemporaries that we want to help mm-hmm. so we're working on that and we hope to have that event in end of march first part of april to mm-hmm. again we want the students to be part of the solution
0: absolutely right. mm-hmm. so we are we I, my saying you hear often is you know nothing for youth without youth right yes. and that you'll be blown away right at the level of creativity mm-hmm. of real world actionable solutions that they're able to come up with uh, yeah. to help their fellows.
1: The kids we've met with already, the high school students have just been, They've they been have amazing. blown us away. They have, they have blown us yeah. away with their ideas and and they need to be part of it because they can tell us what students feel like mm-hmm. where we don't know that. Right, and right. Well, then they're,
2: they're their future yes, I mean exactly. this is not a problem that the three of us in this room are going to solve I, I mean you, mm-hmm. we just have to be realistic this is a this is a problem that they need to solve so the very first step is to be aware of it mm-hmm. you know there, there are I, I was pretty happy with how much the kids knew and they were aware of it um, because that's I don't find that in adults in Great Falls you know that much necessarily if I as a mountain about. So it's awesome to know that kids are paying attention and they they are aware of that.
1: And they, they want to be part of and this. And they solution. want to be
2: part of it, too. Yeah. Yep.
0: Absolutely. And so the one that I know you, you guys are part of is and that I think is helpful for our listeners is the continuum of care. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Is for folks to understand that what what I've seen a lot is that people fall through the cracks. Right. Is that you have you'll see a great irony that I've seen numerous times where there are programs that don't have enough uh, utilization, right? People aren't utilizing them, Mm -hmm. while simultaneously you have these huge unmet needs. And the way to kind of get everyone in is to actually bring people together in in a continuum of Mm -hmm. care Mm -hmm. where they talk to each other, because I think that's something important to recognize and I'm just i I'm really giving kudos to Family Promises that it, it takes a lot of time, right? I, I, I do think folks don't necessarily understand that if you've got somebody that's, walk, you know, they've got these shelters that you're operating, right? The apartments, you've got your day center, right? And then you've got to be running over to, to this community event, and then I've got this meeting and this, that it's very time consuming. And, and yet, if you don't take the time to invest in the community-wide efforts, we all lose, because you end up with these silos that, in and of themselves, right, again, none of us, not the three of us can't solve homelessness, and neither can any one entity, really even group, right? I mean, it's seeing a full spectrum of everything that we have at our disposal as a community and putting together in a way that fits those we serve. Like ones that I talk about all the time, transportation, yeah. right? You've got to be able to get so somebody right is going to be able to offer that transportation. and it's connecting them to who has this, right? Can we come up with something creative? And so I just want to uh, acknowledge and, and thank you that you I know I see I see you guys both out in the community mm-hmm. and that 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 is meaningful because if if we're not all at the table, people know that if, if eviction prevention, Mm -hmm. talk to greg Mm -hmm. right whereas for the most part you could have a place that's got great programs but if they don't know about family promise because you're not out there that person you know they get evicted right i mean that's the way it works it's not like there's a, a whole you know ton of things out there for folks and so with with that in mind i what is your take on you know, long run, right? What are the the things that you see repeatedly amongst those you serve, right? So, kind of common threads. And then, if you could design a kind of ideal um, set of interventions, what would that look like?
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, that's a a very in depth question. <laughs> because intervention is you know we're at the at the front of that but could there be other programs that are federally or state funded probably yes but are those could those be effective all the time and i think you, you know you kind of you need to be involved in all those levels do we need some federal dollars and state dollars to help us that would be helpful yes But you also need the the people like us that are there on the front lines doing the work. And I think you need to to be careful and not have uh, money going to to people doing the work. Sometimes the money just needs to go directly to the folks that need the help. Uh, We had a great program that was through the Department of Commerce, which was eviction prevention. And we, we used that through Opportunities Incorporated, managed it for us, which was great because they knew how to. <laughs> it yeah. was it wasn't an easy application, let's put it that way, but and and there's a reason for that because you you want to make sure that there's no fraud and and they did have they did really a good job of making sure that the money did go for to prevent people from being evicted, or and that was great uh it's gone away now which is is fine but uh i think that program would be good to keep maybe out there we just would need to make sure they had good prevention so that the folks that really do need it get the money
0: yep absolutely and i just want to highlight that then in in terms of i think that's a great example of you know we never want to go backwards right Mm -hmm. is stop providing something that's working right and and so we you see this all you know as kind of the system moves on to the next kind of – and, and then you yeah. see that left gets left behind. So I want to highlight that for our listeners, that it's always a better investment to keep someone in their home than to build them a new home mm-hmm. or to give them a, a shelter. And so eviction prevention, I think, is something we as a community need to really get behind, right, mm-hmm. and, and to allocate resources to.
1: And another one is low-income housing because it is – Again, we're, we're building a lot of good apartments in Great Falls, which is great. They're very much needed. But we need to make sure that there's some sort of assistance for folks. The single parent who is working full time cannot afford a current three-bedroom place. In yeah. Gra- it can't happen. So you need some sort of assistance, again, for that person that is working
0: to help them. It's something that I, I know a lot of folks are not aware of is with Section 8, right? So if people don't know Section 8, it's the housing voucher, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. uh, as the rent, right, and has increased substantially in uh, this housing shortage, right, that uh, the landlords are increasingly not accepting Section 8, right?
1: Which you can't blame the landlord. Why would you? Mm-hmm. Why would you deal with that? Red tape when you don't need to. So there needs to be just flat out more housing.
0: And that's what I think that folks need to understand is that I think there's a mentality of like, well, they got Section 8. You know, they need to rely on that, that you can't even use the Section 8 voucher that you have. Right. right? There's no one that accepts it. And so we were I think one of the great things that I see happening on the city level Right. Is addressing, you know, we hear a lot of the demand side stuff. Right. Which is let's subsidize the the housing. Right. I mean, that's going to create demand. You know what I mean? It's making it easier for someone to pay for this because the government's stimulating demand. Right. By paying for it. But the supply side. Right. And I love these interventions that are focusing on let's where can we change zoning? Where can we streamline the permitting process to reduce the costs of developing uh, this housing and and just make it more attractive to developers coming in i have been fascinated with i just saw numbers that housing i want to say uh is the most expensive relative to sort of household income in the united states since like the 1980s or something i mean that's that's you know the other one we we'll never forget right we can always just raise household income so economic development you know can solve a lot of these issues if we can get people higher paying jobs but uh I, I was blown away at at the increase in rents that are not reflected in the increase in household income.
1: And Governor Jean Forte's task force it it's a great start, a really good start to come up with ideas for how to increase housing supply. But we gotta remember we need something else to help those that are minimum wage folks that are working and have more than one child. It's it's very difficult. So we need, they're on a great start and they just need to keep working on that.
0: Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so Greg, I, I want to give it to you, you know, a last takeaway, right? You're you're the listener, they've heard this whole conversation. You know, what is a one real important takeaway either of something you do at Family Promise or, or that people should understand about, about homelessness? So we, we
2: talked about you know, focusing on, on children. I mean, that, that's really what, what we're doing. This is our future. You know, I mean, this, it, this problem is growing. It's not getting any smaller. Um, the money that does come in kind of helps keep our heads just barely above water trying to do this. Um, and I mean, the, the rescue mission is a great example too. Um, you know, we send, try and send folks over there all the time. They're full all the time they're not doing anything wrong. They do absolutely amazing work over there and they take care of those people like no other, but you just, when you're full, you're full and they're just, you know, so this problem is, is growing. There are more homeless families. There are more homeless kids. This is our future that we're talking about. Um, That is, you know, if, if I was going to look back and say kind of like you had asked Carrie, what is it how, how do we get here? You know, what what is the start of this? It's the breakdown of a family unit for for whatever reason it there's all different K. It doesn't have to get religious, it doesn't have to get anything into there but the breakdown of a family unit. You can't take care of three kids properly with one adult. It's it's not meant to be that way. You have got to have that family unit together. Um and if if they don't have that, if they don't have what a lot of us have had, how are they ever supposed to get to where where we are right now? You know, we, 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 you tend to look at life through these rules, through this lens of how you grow up. Um, It's not, it's different now. The rules are not the same anymore. You, you kind of have to step out of that box a little bit and you got to realize how incredibly important this is. This, these are, this is our future. These are the people that are going to take over our jobs and our, the government and all these kinds of things we want them to have all the things that we had and you know that, that that's what we're trying to do we're trying to build that family structure back together for you know a family at a time as best as we can and you know just kind of get them going forward and try and take care of them as much as we can but we have to offer those those guardrails we there have to be people that are willing to take the time to to mentor folks and to give them a little bit of peer support and teach them some skills that they maybe have not ne- ever had a chance to to learn, or um, you know, to just give them guidance in ways to continue their success once they do get into permanent housing.
1: So, as a community, we can do that. We can be that extra parent, yes, or the extra person the family needs, right? So that they can be go to successful. Basketball. Yeah, I mean, they you can. Know, they can. They can be in volleyball. They can be in band they can do all the things that we would want kids to be able to do growing up Mm -hmm. and and it can be done it it just takes a community to to help out
0: yep that is perfect (laughs) (laughs) perfect way to end because it is the truth they are our future and I, i always try to remind folks that the great falls you see today was formed and all our leaders were formed in the 70s and 80s And if you want to affect what it's going to be like in 2030, 40, and 50, you start today, you make that decision, you know, turn off the news, pick up the phone, call Greg, call Carrie, get in here, let's build up this community and a bright future for our kids. I truly, Greg, Carrie, I cannot thank you enough for the work you do, uh, for Family Promise, that day-to-day grind. I, I know it's difficult and it's beautiful seeing the outcomes, but... You know, making the sauces always isn't pretty. Yep, and so uh, I, I just salute you, and thank you for taking the time to come on Voice and Views. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank having you. us. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR 89.9. And for more information on Family Promise, go to www.familypromisegf.org.